You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the Coronavirus Sessions. My name is Colin Austin. I am your host, and my co-host is Michael Dees, and my co-co-host are the birdies in the background. <laughs> the little birds. They're so happy today, dude. They are so they, happy. It's so funny that they know when it's podcast time. In our morning meetings, you don't really hear them too much, but when podcast <laughs> starts, there they are. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just the story of my life, man. Yeah, yeah you know. So how are you doing, dude? Dude, I'm, it's funny because I'm getting like more and more excited as we start to kind of figure out, like I said last time, crack the code on, on how, to, how to better approach this, you know, selling scooters remotely as we go through this. And, and it's cool because we, we've done a lot of work. Allison uh, has done a lot of work on it and it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. We did a little run through of our little e-signature uh, sales process today and like def- definitely evolving. I'm super proud to see how the team has adapted to this thing and and, and super cool. Well, and this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun episode, dude. I'm I'm yeah. excited to get into this episode. But before we do, let me give a huge, huge thank you to our incredible sponsors. You guys have heard me say it again and again, our sponsors make this show possible. So please support all of these great businesses. Um, if you have ever, well, if you, if your business has ever bought land, sold property, or negotiated a lease, you know why it's important to have someone in your corner who knows the market and delivers results. That's why you see so many Collier's International Gainesville signs around town. Collier's Gainesville has the most experienced commercial real estate team in the market, along with access to a global network of industry experts. Trust me, with one call, you'll know why so many businesses trust them. Check them out and learn more at Collier's.com slash Gainesville. I love, do you hear like the little Slack thing happening? You know, that's the other thing with this remote <laughs> still <stuff>. working. <laughs> I got all the, I need to like learn how to turn off all my notifications because I got like little Slack and little text messages and iMessages yep. and birdies. The, the, the amount of uh, noise that our audience has to get through just to listen to the podcast these days is incredible. <laughs> we'll, we'll know where their true focus is at. Am I right? Yeah, I know you're missing the studio. (laughs) I miss the studio so much. Uh, I also want to thank Brian Aurelio and team at Brooker Pest Control. Uh, I want to remind you all that there are two types of homes in Florida, those with termites and those that will get termites. LOL. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Brooker Pest Control has been controlling and preventing termites in the Gainesville and surrounding areas for years. Brian is a personal friend of mine. I absolutely love this guy and, and what his business stands for. I mean, like I've, I don't know how, how much of our audience knows this, but he, uh, he's somebody that I really go to, uh, even for advice. He's in my grant greenhouse business leader group too. And like anytime that guy speaks, man, I just like zone in and listen. He's just got a wealth of knowledge. So, but you guys support Booker pest control as well. You can call them at three, five, two, three, seven, eight, two, four, three, three, or find them online at brookerpestcontrol.com. Tell these great sponsors that you heard about them right here on the WHOA GNV podcast. That way they sponsor forever. <laughs> you can check out Brian's episode. I think it was episode 88. Uh, if you want to go check out uh, the Brooker Pest Control episode, it was a really fun one. Yeah, it was excellent. All right. Yeah, so thanks thanks to Collier's Gainesville, Dan Drodos and team over there. Thanks, Brian and Brooker Pest Control and team. You guys are awesome. We really love you guys. 
And uh, I am excited to get into this episode. We have my friend Emily from Gainesville, Harley Davidson, baby. Emily, what's up? Everything and nothing. Everything <laughs> and nothing. <laughs> All at the same time. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is uh, definitely going to be uh, a fun half hour. Yeah. So, Em, like, why don't you like tell everybody, you know, your role over at Gainesville Harley, and uh, and so our audience knows she's in her office. And if you work in a dealership, you're going to have air guns and air ratchets buzzing in the background. That's that's how we do it in dealership life. So, yes. uh, but so I am our marketing director, and at, for this location, and then we recently opened, um, took ownership of Tallahassee Harley Davidson. So I'm the marketing director for both markets, and I focus on you know our traditional advertising engagement, um, you know, selling the bikes, but then also in my uh, wheelhouse and something I'm responsible for is making sure that we're delivering the level of customer service that we want to be delivering and that we are really building the riding community because that's such a huge part of the Harley-Davidson brand and specifically uh, Gainesville Harley. So really, if you think about just making sure our customers are having the experience that they want to be having, um, that's, uh, that's on my desk too. So it's fun, it's great. So you don't have enough work is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I don't have enough. I need to hire three people. So I look forward to figuring out when we're going to do that. <laughs> so, Em, like, tell us a little bit about, like, when this really started going down, like this coronavirus and the impact that it's had on you guys because, you know, you guys are an essential business like, like we are as dealerships with transportation. I would just love to kind of know some of those first steps that you guys took uh, when all this started to go down? Sure. So we actually, a majority of our leadership team was in Tallahassee when um, a lot of the restrictions and things started to go down. So that the week that actually the day I think that we, we did the deal to do, to own Tallahassee was the day that they uh, closed restaurants for, uh, any kind of in-house seating. It had to be uh, to go and pick up options only. Um, but it was very interesting because uh, Leon County and Alachua County were very were having two very different things happen. So uh, what we what we did almost immediately is I signed up for alerts so that anytime there was a press conference from any of the leaders in either county or the state or the White House that I, are you laughing at my hand movement? <laughs> oh, um, that I would, um, no, I'm not. I basically just sat through and listened to all of them. And then as soon as something was, you know, deemed we were going to move forward, it was printed out, highlight it and chart it. Like, does this affect this dealership? Does this affect both dealerships? Um, and then really just follow the rules to a T um, I was back in Gainesville first, and that was when they started to restrict uh, how many, you know, like thousand, you know, one customer per thousand square feet. Um, so I had, you know, I got all that together, and then I huddled the team, and I said, "Look, these are the these are the precautions and the cleaning things that we need to do to keep ourselves safe as well as our customers." Um, and then these are the, you know, the the signs we're going to put up, and these are the, you know. The, 
the tape marks we're going to have to, you know, follow. And the team really, uh, really fell in line. And it was interesting because, you know, they shut uh, Bike Week down on the last weekend of Bike Week, which there was thousands of people in Daytona. And so we had a lot of customers coming through that were coming home from Bike Week, and they would have been coming through anyways, but we really did have to take a lot of cleaning precautions because we had people from all over the country and international in and out of our dealership that first you know, 10 days or so. Um, and the team really handled it like champs, but we made sure to have clear, easy, this is what you're responsible for, this is the schedule of cleaning, these are the precautions we have to take, and then we did the exact same thing um, in Tallahassee. Uh, but Tallahassee's restrictions are much, um, they're much looser than um, Alashua County's. Yeah. So the reason I was smiling was because I was just thinking to myself that um, this exact same thing would happen to me. Like I, if I were going to buy a business or expand in some capacity, it would happen in, amidst a pandemic. like it's just like murphy's law like that's just it's that's definitely what would happen to me so what's that i mean what what was that like um because what episode did we have kevin on we had kevin on the show 82 82 and like none of there was no conversation of tallahassee at that time whether even you know i don't know if it was a negotiation at that time or not but like uh, you know, there was, it didn't get brought up in that podcast for sure. And then here we, here we are, you know, a few months later, it's like, oh, we got another dealership. Surprise. Um, so, you know, he as a leader really has handled this, I think, as a champ. He's been uh, calm. He's been collected. If he had some expression, it never was front facing with, you know, the whole team, like if he was stressed about something, but really um, uh, his concerns were, okay, well, what can we do? What can't we do? You know, he made some decisions to keep pushing forward uh, and to keep serving our customers. Um, And it definitely, of course, is slower, but our customers are you know, it's interesting. Our customers are relating to the pandemic in so many different ways. But if you wanted to make it a simple uh, example is 50% of the customers are, you know, in their house. They don't want to go anywhere. They want to just, you know, stay sheltered, do nothing. And the other 50% of the customers are in some way, shape or form getting on their bus and riding because it is solitary. It is they're not having to touch anything. There's um, a, a married couple who ride their bikes. They have, they actually have these videos about, um, you know, how they get their gas and what have you and do it safely. And then they're doing picnics and um, just getting out and being, and, and, and for them, they're both retired uh, veterans and they've dealt with PTSD. So for them, that is the answer during something like this. As a, as a as a leader, I think Kevin did a really good job of, of trying so far to balance two extremely different needs of the customers. One that just, can you bring it to me? Can you, um, <laughs> I don't want to do anything. Can you leave it at the front door? Can I drop it off? Can I, you know, to the person that wants to still come in and needs a bathroom break because, you know, Harley's are a great place if you're ever traveling to stop in and use the restroom. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
it was, it's definitely been hard. I mean, things have been slow, like getting our, you know, getting dealer titles and things like that. You know, when you're running, when offices are running on, um, that all the things you need to do to move a business into literally like owning it and, you know, processing <clears throat> the paperwork and all of that is, has definitely been much more of a process than I think if it, there was not a pandemic happening. <laughs> yeah. But is there like, I was going to say like, is there corporate that gets involved that tells you from an organizational, from a marketing approach or anything like this is the message, this is the tone, this is the thing that you have to have in place, or is it pretty much just up to your leadership team? So uh, corporate is heavily involved in um, providing resources and um, they will recommend best practices, but because the dealerships are all individually owned by either a dealer group or a single owner or um, there are like some car groups that are now in the industry. Um, they all get to individually make their own decisions. So that's why when you go to Harley dealerships, they are actually so different in experience. It's not like going to an Apple store where, um, you know, they all have the same, you know, version of the iPad or what have you out, but your experience is going to be completely different. They're going to look different. They're going to, you know, they're going to have a different rewards program, a different tone, what have you. So corporate uh, gives us um, best practices, but they, they don't force it. There are things though that affect us like uh, a plant closure will affect whether or not we can get a certain, you know, part if there isn't, you know, already some produce that we can order and bring in. Um, reduced hours for financing um, if we were to, you know, not use a local bank. Um, so they definitely affect us and we, of course, affect them, um, but they don't mandate things. Has your marketing approach changed throughout this? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's been really... Um, so when we purchased the, the, whole, the whole entire plan to roll out the ownership in Tallahassee, it completely got scrapped, like literally just thrown away. Let's start from zero. And honestly, like what I had in mind at nine o'clock in the morning was probably not what ended up be happening at two o'clock that afternoon. And both of the dealerships have completely different experiences right now in regards to the way their their customers are handling and experiencing the pandemic. Um, in Tallahassee right now, when you go to Publix, there's no restrictions on how many people have to go in. One or two people might um, be wearing, um, like consumers might be wearing um, like gloves and masks, but uh, the only thing that's the same about Publix it is that they have those suggestions of one way, like which way to go in the lanes. Whereas like here, I accidentally started going down the wrong lane the other day, our road. And this lady was like, that's the wrong way. And I, I mean, I felt horrible, but like <laughs> our community is like really focused in on that. And, um, and I don't think one is right or the other. It's just understanding that both, uh, both groups of riding communities are definitely experiencing the pandemic completely different, even though they're only two hours apart. So the whole plan has been scrapped and the same for May. Um, I just wrote the May plan yesterday and normally we would be 90 days out trying to, you know, be ahead of the game. And I think you have to be fluid with marketing no matter what, but 
uh, we'd at least have like the big things figured out already. Um, but no, I don't even know if what we planned yesterday for May is what we'll do going forward because we have to wait and see what comes out of the reopening task force on Friday when they come back for the state. So, so uh, your showroom, is it open? Yes, it is. Both of them are. Okay. Um, and so it, like we, I mean, you're, you guys have more, more space than we do, at least from a showroom standpoint, our showroom is really small. It's like 1200 square feet. And it's like the ceilings are low. It's a little bit tighter. I mean, we have, we have a lot of service space and warehouse space and stuff, but like, so we had made the call to close our showroom. So, but I'm like really interested to kind of hear, you know, how the customer experience in your mind will change for what you guys do. Because the one thing that I know that you guys have always done is like a lot of, a lot of events, like, you know, barbecues, like come on out to the dealership you know, where there's been gatherings of people and, you know, it's funny because this morning in our team meeting, you know, I'm, I'm telling our team, Hey, I think the customer experience is going to completely change where we used to have, you know, bell ringing ceremonies for new customers and group wow. pictures and high fives with every customer. Like, I think it's going to go completely virtual uh, DocuSign, e-signature, docu like buy your scooter online, have it delivered to your uh, apartment or your home, you know, <laughs> like that's what I think. I mean, obviously we have a student market and it's gonna, so I'm just, but I'm just really kind of interested how you guys think it, your customer experience is going to change uh, not only in the immediate, but in the, in the future as well. So I think that that is uh I don't know that I'm 100% decided on what that looks like. I think there's a couple of things. I, I think for sure, no matter what, um, a consumer's uh, shopping has changed. I think if you tried Instacart and you love it, you might never go back unless, you know, uh, you're just someone who loves, you know, grocery shopping and looking at new products. Um I think there's a difference though for a business like yours and ours. And that's that uh, students can go to college without a scooter, but if they have a scooter that they can zip zap around and do fun things with, and um, you know, don't have to fight for parking, um, you're really enhancing, Oh, I'm a college kid now. I've got a scooter. Right. And so there's, there's this emotional connection to having that scooter. Um, or, you know, my sister had a scooter and now I'm going to get my scooter. And it becomes like when you got your car, when you were 16 or however that is. Right. Um, and I think the same is true for Harley's. I mean, Harley's a really old brand. It's a hundred and like 17 years or something like that. I know it's over 150. No, but I think, you know, one of the biggest pieces that moves that, that keeps that brand alive after all these years is that community and experience based. So I don't think that will go away. I do think though, it'll diversify us and let us be more, um, available to meet customers where they are. So whereas we've always been willing to uh, deliver a bike to a customer when they, and um, you know, they just come in, they have to sign the paperwork on site. Uh, and then, you know, we take the bike to them a lot of times if they don't have their license. I mean, if they don't have their license, we have to deliver it. 
um, you know, we prefer and all of the other reasons, you know, bringing the bike to them. Um, I, so I think, you know, we are doing that now and knowing that that's now um, in the wheelhouse of our sales managers, I think it's one more tool to make the connection and the sale. Um, I don't think that if we... I think if we allow for all of our community-based engagements and events to go away and we al allow for them to stop, um, eventually at some point in time, it will be safe. At some point in time, we, we could have another um, um, big event. Uh, we could have our, our barbecue that has 100 people at it. Uh, I think that if we choose to make it unsafe, fearful approach to it, then yeah, it will completely change. But I think that there's, you know, I can't imagine that I'll have a big event again without a bunch of hand washing stations. I can't imagine I won't have, um, you know, someone that their whole job is Lysoling the bathroom every, you know, 30 minutes or so. I think there's definitely ways it will impact us, but I don't believe my personal opinion is I don't think that the fear of something should should change when we want to connect and experience things as humans because that's ultimately what that is. That's that emotional connection. Yeah. And you can't do that virtually. You can and you can't. So Yeah. It could only force it forces all of us that have been meaning to get around to being more diverse in the way our products are reached. It forced us to do it. It's forcing us to figure out how to be uh, even stronger. Yeah, and so like I mean, even from like a sales process and 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 being forced, you know, like I, I, that's why we've trying to get to a completely e-signature style. Mm -hmm. We don't like we don't have to you know have the face to face interaction inside the dealership anymore if the customer wants us to be able to send it to them and do it you know completely yeah, i don't know all i mean i hate to speak out of turn i or speak uh, i don't know all of the rules behind it but i do know i do know for the last 30 days and then i'm pretty sure it's at least the next 30 days the restrictions we had where the consumer had to be on site to sign for the funding and the bike have been lifted so we can completely be touchless as well. And our service department is touchless as well. We send, you know, we can go get the bike, we can service it, and then we can bring the bike back. We can wipe it down after we leave it in the driveway and everything gets handled over the phone or email. Do you guys see any doing like any Zoom calls or FaceTimes with clients who want to walk through your dealership, but not necessarily be in your dealership? So I think that would be awesome, but I don't know if... Our customers are, I don't know. I just tried this thing, which ended up being really cool. Um, it was a virtual bike show. So normally a bike show, you bring all your bikes to the dealership, you set them up in the, or wherever it is, right? And then you would go, there's usually a crowd favorite, there's judges. So I did a virtual bike show. It, the voting for it uh, ended at, at, I think, the end of April. So, or, yes. Um, I don't know what time you're airing this, so I didn't know how to say that. <laughs> it's, I always get that wrong, too. It's fine. Is it gone? Is it happening? I, I can't. It usually releases a couple weeks after recording. So, okay. so I'll just 
So the virtual bike, we did a, so we did a virtual bike show and we had 88 people send in their picture of their bike in the different classes. And it's the voting is like a 20 day period of, no, 15 day period of voting. And we're halfway through it. And it um, marked, I think 2000 uh, likes on the different pictures because so and and customers really I was surprised so many of our older customers interacted we ran it through Facebook um interacted and did that and uploaded their picture and sent it in and then you know and now our sharing and I mean it's it's great in that regard so I think the more we test the waters with those kinds of things the more uh, next week we're doing um some live Q and A's with our service manager and then we're going to do the same with our gear specialists about helmets and um, different things about mainly, I think we're going to focus on staying hydrated while you, while you ride and the area you can have for that because it's so hot in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think if we can start to get them engaged in those things, then I think we could really start to do like a virtual. Yeah. Experience. It's great. It sounds like you're right on, on the right track. Sounds cool. Now we just hope they come along with us. <laughs> And it's not just me hanging out. I think it's fun. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes the ideas are not, you know, you know how that is. Like you, yeah. think, oh, I mean, you don't know happens. unless you try. Yeah, you exactly. You try and then you see like you're going to start seeing what's, you know, what sticks and what people actually engage with and like. And, and I think, I think sometimes, you know, Mike and I talk about this a lot. You, you have to kind of train customers on new processes and, Yes. And, you know, and like say like, Hey, what even, you know, we had, we had groups of customers where, you know, something was the norm and they were used to this and then we made a change and they weren't like, they didn't like the change. It was like, okay, like, you know, we, we want to be considerate to, you know, we don't want to like upset customers, but at the same time, it's like the, there definitely has to be evolution in the stages of business yeah. and you're yeah. going to have to make changes. And, um, especially when, but like you said, when you're being kind of pushed or forced to because of government changes or, you know, what, like, like who knows, you know, there, there's so many outside factors that can affect our businesses and we as the leadership have to adapt. Right. And, yeah. and, pivot. Yeah. and, and so, um, yeah, I think you're, I think you're on the right track. I would just, I love, I, I love the idea of live Q and A's and, um, I think you, know, you guys have done some really cool stuff with, uh, Oh, I want to say it had something to do with um, maybe the battery life or storing the, I, just say so you have done some videos mm -hmm. and I think, you know, that those kinds of, that would be a great way, you know, to interact and state because that's one of my biggest things is I would like our customer during all of this one. And this was a big shift, Mike, in regards to what our messaging was is uh, I really wanted to make sure. And I continue to want to make sure that, their motorcycle is still something that they love and brings them freedom and brings them, you know, all the reasons why they invested in it instead of it's the two wheeled or three wheeled uh, machine in the garage that he has, he or she has to make a payment on. Right. And should I keep making that, you know, payment? <laughs> well, I would say yes, keep making your payment, but is that where I really need to be investing my money? Cause a lot of time, you know, most uh, individuals that have motorcycles, it's not in our area. It's not their sole uh, mode of transportation. You know, right. if we were in a dense urban area, it could be, but 
most is it's not. So I want to make sure that they still remember the value of the bike that they purchased, the investment they made. Yeah. That's why we get them excited through a virtual bike show or through, yeah. um, you know, some other ideas we have coming up. We'll see if they like them too. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, I will give you like, I mean, I don't know how much live stuff you've done and we got to wrap up in a minute, like literally, cause I promise James, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, but, but like, um, with live stuff, like I would advise the business audiences that are listening, like if you're going to do live, live Q and A's, which I love those ideas and stuff, um, promote it, like make sure you're promoting like, Hey, we're going to do it at this date, this time. I think what gets awkward with live is like when you go live and then you have no audience and, yeah. and then you're like, you don't have anybody to talk to. And you know, so like that's when it can kind of feel awkward. Um, but if you like really promote it, um, and then at the same time, like live video, some of the platforms are iffy when it comes to saving the content or it's not really great quality. So I always encourage businesses to have another camera recording so that, oh, way, so that yeah. way you can record it. And then if you need to edit it later, um, you could edit it or, you know, at least have a higher quality uh, camera capturing the content as well. Therefore you can, or so, so that you can like post it on YouTube or, you know, Facebook again later or Instagram or use it in other places as well. Um, so that would just be my general advice for anybody who's thinking about doing uh, more live content. Mike and I both have commented how we've seen live content really increase, uh, yeah. you know, on social media platforms over the last, you know, month and a half, you know, month, month wow. and a half. So, um, so Mike, you want to final thoughts and wrap us up? Final question. Yeah, I did have one final question if I could squeeze it in real quick. I'm curious just because like obviously we, we both work in the service industry and sometimes, you know, I think it's interesting this pandemic has uh, caused us to, in a lot of ways to have to be a little bit more patient. Amazon isn't next day anymore. Um, has, there, has there been an empathy level change with customers waiting for their bikes to be repaired or anything? Have you seen anything behavioral, any differences from your customers? Oh, absolutely. Everyone is just really thankful we're open. They're thankful and patient that uh, that we're even available. A lot of, a lot of times that, you know, we're running a, a little bit of a smaller staff on certain days and the wait time is longer just to talk to, say, the parts or service advisor. Um, and even when we started those, uh, when the commit, those six feet apart in line, um, I said, oh, you got to stand by this cone and that cone and the, you know, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And I was like, it's okay. We're all getting used to it. But definitely um, a real, uh, I don't want to say softer side has, has come out, but just um, true em empathy is a great word. I mean, just like, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm not going to push it. Just let me know when you're ready to help or what you can do. And definitely, and, and seeing that through like phone calls and online as well. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Definitely one of those things I hope will stay when we get on the other side of this. Oh, right. I agree. I agree. One can wish. I mean, it's just been so good. Like, I've even seen emails from people, you know, customers being like, hey, Colin, we just purchased winter storage, you know, doing this, doing this in order to, like, get you guys some cash now. Like, really hope you guys pull through this. And, you know, with phone call, anytime I apologize for a delay, like, oh, no, it's completely fine. Like, I completely understand. Like, we're all going through a lot right now. And just, like, man, I... Yeah. One of, my, um, one of my mentors, uh, she works at Harley Corporate. I was saying that I was apologizing for a delay. And she goes, Emily, I think you, you should just thank them for their patience. 
And instead of apologizing, everyone's going through this, just thank them for their patience. And it was interesting, the first time I used that, instead of like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened, or this was delayed, uh, the, the gratitude that came back to them from them was really interesting. So I challenge you to try that. Yeah, Thank I will. Awesome. That's good. I love it. Yeah. So, Em, like, why don't you tell our audience where they can connect with you guys? Like, if you want to, like, practice social distancing, they can come in and buy a motorcycle and get really far away from everybody. Uh, <laughs> <so> like, <laughs> the best way to connect with us is through our website, which is GainesvilleHarley.com. And as well as giving us a, a call on the phone, because that's probably the easiest way for us to customize it. And that's 352-331-6363. Or you can, of course, reach us on Facebook Messenger or Insta. Um, and it's Gainesville Harley on both of them. Awesome. Yeah. Well, like, I'm so appreciative of you guys. It's, it's great to have uh, another dealership that we can always bounce ideas off of. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, like... He's always answering my emails and text questions. I'm like, hey, how do you guys do this? And like, and I just, I, I don't know. I just love being able to share ideas. And, um, you know, I, I consider you guys family. You guys are awesome. So thank you. We are, uh, we agree. It's very mutual. So. Well, thank you guys for everything and hang in there. Keep, keep grinding. And, uh, you know, we will, we will see you next time. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yep. Everybody, world, this is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. M. Oh, I'm supposed to do that. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to do that. We will I see you. <laughs> Bye.